Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Aries, did you know all of our social media can be found on Spearsburg Pod now? What? Yeah. Spearsburg Pod, where you can get it on Twitter, Facebook. uh, Patreon? Yes, uh, uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. I, I believe YouTube, and MySpace even. Whoa! Can you believe that shit? Yes, I can. Find us, guys. Please. Please. Yo, Aries. Yo, what's up, baby? How was the birthday? It was good, but I, I, I didn't get any get get something. I didn't get anything that I wanted from someone particular. Who? Oh, Steve. <laughs> First up is from Devon, uh, your last Art Talk podcast, Fire. You guys have truly shown why you are the best of the best in the podcast game. I was so surprised to hear and see you speak on the topic of the, of the art and the documentary Black Art in the Absence of Light. Everything that you mentioned in the show and how unappreciated art is was so on point. I'm an African-American artist in the D.C. area and just wanted to chime in and let you guys know how much how much I enjoyed the last pod. And for the record, what makes you what makes you legends in this game uh, is that what other podcasts talk about. Wait, what makes y'all you should put legends, you put you should put y'all dog um, paint uh, on canvas. Ten dollar a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> is that is that what other podcast talks about pussy politics pop culture and a plethora of all else 
Aries, this is where you can do the P's of what I just mentioned in your English uppity voice. As Andy mentioned, Basquiat was and still is the shit. Major side note, you all missed a major fact that one of the most underrated actors in the game, Jeffrey Wright, had his debut movie role as Basquiat, 1996. Also casted with many heavyweights like David Bowie, Dennis Hopper, Willem Dafoe, etc. Please check it out on your phone. In closing, as you show the music game folk on the come up some love, I've included my Instagram and website and have attached a couple of my works. I sell my works online and do occasional art shows and been in the art game for a minute. Saw you guys in D.C. the last time you both were here before COVID hit and you killed, of course, no pun intended. Your boy, who also is a Sex of the City fan and loyal listener since day one, Attached Works, Tribute to Jack Johnson and Queen Carnival. Derek from D.C., Instagram at Spotlight Art Studio, website www.spotlightartstudios.com. Yeah, nice. That was a nice letter. Um, you're 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 right though on uh, on not mentioning uh, Jeffrey Wright in in the Basquiat movie. Um, I've mentioned it before, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't because I was focused on the doc. But uh, it would have been worth mentioning, and uh, that was uh, actually the first time I believe director uh, writer of that was uh, Julian. And I'm going to mess his name up. Shansberg, Shansberg, I don't know. He's the he's the plate guy. He's the artist who uses the plates. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, and, uh, it was, it was a decent doc. I mean, uh, I mean, a decent uh, film on Basquiat that they did too. So, uh, that's worth checking out if people who, uh, want to know who this Basquiat guy is, or as Aries called him, Biscuit, uh, (laughs) you might want to check out that movie. It was great. Jeffrey Wright is great in almost everything he's done. Um, I actually don't know of anything bad he did, but I'm sure there's something out there. Uh, because we all have something that we... We all have some skeletons in the closet there somewhere, so I'm assuming. But a uh, great actor, and he it, it was a great part. And you know what? Thank you for that, man, because um, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you pointed that out. Uh, not like I want us to have a pat ourselves on the back moment. Um, but, you know, I, I like my stand-up. Um, and like Mike Jordan, who I, you know, I'm a fanboy of, um, I think there's strength and range. And and I like the fact that Andy and I try not to be one note. Like, you know, all we talk about is pussy or all we talk about is race. Even though, again, I know we're heavily racial because uh, this is the world we live in. Um, but to, to show that we can, yeah, let's talk about sports. Let's talk about politics. Let's talk about pop culture. Let's talk about family and relationships and pussy. And, you know, the more we, we, can, we add to our game, I think, enriches... Uh, who and what we are. So I take pride in that. And the fact that you pointed that out um, feels good. And it lets me know that we're doing something right. I think, um, you know, how you open up music a little bit. We should probably, on our uh, some of our social media, somebody sent some artwork in. Maybe post it. Yes, speaking of the black people, I want to say that I love the blacks. When I think of the blacks, I think about the beauty of the blacks. I want to put the black people in the bosom of my bosom, and I want to push them through my canal, and I want to give birth. You understand that, Andy? I want to give birth to the beautiful black 
babies, they're so beautiful when they're babies, when they come out of the moisture and the steam and the sweat. And you see the shiny silk seals that they are. And they holler into the world for the first time. It's beautiful and the exquisite black beauty. And for the record, my name is Jaspia Minkwa. <laughs> you said to someone uh, that wrote in, you said that I didn't like that. And I, it wasn't that I didn't like you it. Said you, at one point, I you said, went, you're, you're killing, killing me. me. Oh. Because, dude, it's funny. But do you know how uncomfortable it is to sit next to you? <laughs> Especially the part about the, when they come to the canal of the birth and from they have the mixture of the of the inner body portion, the, the sweat and the semen mixed with the afterbirth <laughs> and these black shiny silver patent leather black babies. They look like seals. <laughs> shiny black patent leather is uh, <laughs> it's very descriptive. Uh, yes. So the next time you hear from me, which will not be very often, but every now and then, I'm just be a Um, this is from Hugo Corrales. Uh, I'm on Andy's side. Episode 241. Hi, Aries and Andy. Not sure if you guys will remember me, but I'm the Mexican guy that wrote in twice giving Andy shit about not being Mexican. Did I read this? I mean, I got, we need a producer, goddammit. No, I don't think so. I met you two at the Tommy T's in Pleasanton, California, not too long ago. Aries, you were clowning on this guy wearing a 90s all-jean suit. <laughs> the whole show shit was hilarious. And I talked with Andy for a cool minute before the show squashed the beef. I'm writing in, even though I said I wouldn't after my last email, because I just finished listening to your latest podcast, episode 241. It was a heavy discussion on race which I think always needs to be had. Um, to my point, I agreed with what I think Andy was trying to convey to Aries about how he thinks kids should be taught about racism at a young age, but in a manner they will understand. I agree and would like to explain why. So I have two kids, one 13 and one three years old, both Mexican. And in the years, I've taught them many lessons. You come to see that a child's mind is a child's mind, meaning it's very manipulatable. Children need to be taught in ways they can understand one thing at a time and from there build up to the complete understanding of the circumstance. I've personally taught my kids about the racism they will encounter and have in America. And I agree with Aries saying all kids should be taught at a young age, but just in the right way. Well, those were my two cents. Keep up the amazing work, guys. Number one rated podcast in my books and props to Andy for holding your position on what you're trying to get across. I didn't like you at first, but what you said <laughs> when we met made sense. When people are trying to make a point, they often see it from a place of hurt and anger, which is fine, which in fine, which is fine, brother, which in fine because $10 a lot of money, uh, because we all have a right to our feelings and opinions, especially when trying to make a point. Much respect, Hugo Orale Puez Nos Vemos. I don't know what that means, but see, you know, um, as much as I agree mm -hmm. um, with my original point, uh, 
Yes. Um, I have to address something though. Mm-hmm. Um, and and why I I understood and why today I understood your um, not feeling that I was communicating it correctly. That it wasn't understood that I was trying to say yes, teach, but teach in a way that it's understandable. And, and I think you were taking it as that um, I was trying to soften up what's going on. I'm not trying to soften. I was trying to make it so that they could understand it. But when I, uh, the George Floyd uh, trial is going on right now mm-hmm. and, and the age of the, the, the young, uh, it's, a, it's a girl, I believe who filmed it. She was only, I think at the time she was, was she nine? I don't know. She was young. But it, when you said at the time she filmed it, it was like a year ago. So she yeah. could be 10 now. Okay. I'm saying she was nine at the time. Right. And, and I still think there's a big difference between a six and a nine year old. But now looking back at what I said and trying to uh, understand your passion on why you thought I was just softening it. Uh, the world, the race, the racist world doesn't give a fuck how old you are. That, that girl was nine years old and had to film that situation. Well, then try these boots on. Uh, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but part of the reason why, like you just said, I was so passionate and am so passionate and will probably be even more passionate is because I think this nigga's going to get off. And which even more to my point, our bodies are dropping like flies and no one gives a shit. So I think Floyd's killer is going to get off. I don't think Floyd's killer is getting off. Dun, dun, da, da, but we'll see. Da, da, uh, da, da. We're definitely going to know. I hear you, Cap. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Autobot. Um, Kurt Russell's son looks better in that mask than I would, I'll tell you that. I prefer you in the mask, <laughs> nigga. Because at least you ain't got 70-year-old uh, senior citizen mouth. Um, Otto, one episode with two visceral laughs. My homie's a and I've been occupied with life, so at times I get behind an episode or three. So when catching up, I get to enjoy gems of spontaneity like the two natural visceral laughs from both of you on episode 240. Laugh number one happened when Aries was reading the email from Andrea, the Italian fan, in Tony Soprano's voice, and Andy lost it. Laugh number two happened when Andy put Aries in a predicament referring to going down on Gemstar on her period. And in this case, Aries lost it. Listening to the coughs, the wheezing pauses <laughs> of a natural visual laugh is just precious and very difficult to get or replicate. Guys, y'all are more and more in synchrony as time goes on. As time goes by. This is proven by the small glimpses of friendly and comfortable conversational riffs such as that's that black shit from Andy. I fucking howl. That really, you really came off natural, nigga. And I wish you could understand how that moment, bottled in time, we could replay that. Because I'm telling you, Andy, you didn't. You you seem so purely white. Man, it's that black shit. Um, uh, Uncle Andy got the green Hulk eyes when David Banner is fixing the fuck shit up. <laughs> Now jumping to a different topic. Coming to America 2 should be treated as a totally different piece with little relation to the first one. I didn't have great expectations because sequels tend to suck, 
But regardless of that, it's totally okay to point out that movie fell short. Had very little soul, pun intended as well. Watered down, poor storyline, and was driving an agenda. Nevertheless, I think I enjoyed some of it because I knew for a fact it wasn't going to be anywhere close to the first one. Having said that, Coming to America 1 is a movie I'd never get tired of rewatching Wireless. Coming to America 2 is something to just keep in the background playing while doing chores. I love that. Um, again, fantastic podcast, and I hope to see y'all soon here in Houston. I'd love to have a cigar and drinks, drinks with y'all one of these days. Best regards, Auto, Autobot. Um, yeah, nigga, uh, I agree with you, Auto. Uh, a thousand percent, baby. Um, He's right, all though. your assessments. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that anybody went into it expecting. We wanted Eddie Murphy. Right. No one expected it to be coming to America. Incidentally, uh, before I flew out here uh, to where we are now, Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, I couldn't sleep, man. And I just had the TV on, whatever it was on. And they did back-to-backs. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2, which is the of the trilogy. And I really hate to use the word trilogy because the third one should be forgotten and thrown away with Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, is the is the best one, um, but then they had Beverly Hills Cop Three come on. Oh, <laughs> oh God! That movie is godly awful. Wally World. That's all I'm gonna say. It, it, it's bad, but it was you know. Uh, oh, ain't it, no butts, nigga. It's it just a bunch of guys getting bad. together to do a, to to go get that money grab. But Taggart wasn't even in that one. No. Judge Reinhold was, um, and but he was funny in that. He got a little bit more room to play around. It just didn't have Beverly Hills Cop S feeling to the movie. Wally World, nigga. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, this is from my girl Shannon. Uh, am I too paranoid? Hey, Aries, I appreciate you letting me send this email for your advice. Um, as I'm sure you already know about me, my daughter is mixed. Her father is black, and I worry for him every single day just because he is a black man in America. I know that the country we live in is, is in a place where for any reason and completely unprovoked, a racist cop could end his life. Here is where my dilemma comes in. My daughter just turned eight last week, and I feel very strongly that there are conversations that need to be had and things that need to be explained to her. We have had a few conversations about racial topics because we had experienced some episodes of hate being out in public together. But I have never gone in depth with that conversation with her. She is homeschooled for now due to COVID, but normally goes to a traditional public school where we live and where we live and has friends of all races. I feel for her growing up in this country the same as I fear for her daddy. I have a strong desire to talk with her and teach her about how to react with police officers to try and make sure she comes home every day. Uh, I know there could be a situation where no matter how she reacts to them, a racist cop could end her life as well. I also feel the need to explain to her that there will be people who are hateful and will treat her terribly just because she is brown. If she's mixed, well, if she's mixed, she's more of a caramel hue. Uh, which means uh, she might not be fucked with as much. As much. Uh, depending on the time of day uh, and the sky, if she's a little bit darker due to a tan, uh, she might catch more of a beating. Uh, 
But uh, as long as she's close to the white side, she'll be all right. Uh, and if a cop tries to hit her with his nightstick from the left, just have her turn to the right and go, this is the white side. And he'll leave her alone. All right. Um, I don't know if any of that worked, but fuck it. Um, I value your opinion on this matter. I'm not a black parent, but I'm raising a little brown girl, and I don't always know the right thing to do. Thanks for your help, Shannon Moore. Um, I mean, you know, Shannon, you're doing it. Um, and I don't, I, you know, the, the instinct in me is wants, wants to go, the father should be doing it, but maybe you're not with the father and she's with you. Um, I guess ultimately it don't matter who teaches the lesson as long as the lesson is taught. Um, I just would think that the father would have some inside coaching tips uh, that you might not have. He might know the triangle a little bit better. Um, but, you know, uh, you're doing it. And, and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, she, she never has to worry about that. Uh, but, yeah, I understand your dilemma. At least you're being honest about it. Um, I'm going to let Andy say something before I say the next thing I want to say. I don't, I'm not a black parent. I'm not raising a black kid. I will tell you that the only thing I can tell you is that the conversation uh, has to occur um, on how, whatever level, because I, I can tell you though, th- this is what I can give you. My, uh, my kids know their history. They know where they came from. And, but I never explained to Max about being Jewish at all. Uh, because we're not really Jewish, we, we you know we have that heritage, but we don't. I'm not I'm not practicing Jew. We don't do all the holidays. Uh, they know what the holidays are, but it's not like that's something we did. You are in the middle, motherfucker boy. You part Mexican, part Jewish, and you don't really fuck with either side. I don't. Heavy. I don't. I, I don't like religion in the in the first place. Uh, but we'll we'll get more. But my son is very. Uh, my older son, Max, very happy-go-lucky about who he is. He's very confident in who he is, and it's never... But I, I was like, dude, you got you to gotta quell that Jewish shit sometimes because you, you got you to gotta read the room, you know, as you say to me sometimes, which I don't do very well. Uh, but you got to read the room because uh, you never know who's... And this one we talked about, uh, about living in... You know, we know you're in the house alone. You, mm. you know there's, some, there's this hatred... In, in certain places you just don't know who it is right. so it, it's it's important to have the conversation so they're aware and, I, and when i realized I, I hadn't made max very aware of it i had another conversation with max and then max made me feel better because he goes dad i know he goes it's just that i'm who i am so that's it but it, as long as he's aware and hopefully he's paying attention to what's in the room right um he's good um i don't know if you saw this uh dl hewley posted this about this white woman who was in a Starbucks and she says to the black clerk or the, who was supposed to be waiting on her because she refused to wear a mask. She's, of course, going back and forth with him and she ends her tirade by calling him a black nigger bitch. And what was crazy was her kids were part black. Uh, when you looked in the stroller, clearly these were mixed kids and then later on, TMZ found the baby daddy so that he could give a statement. Uh, of course, he apologized a thousand times for her. And she's an avid Trump supporter. She wears the MAGA hat. 
and there were and I and, and DL actually posted her Instagram and I checked out her Instagram and there's a lot of moments where she says racial heinous shit and she's got kids who are part black and when you talk about they know you in the house you just don't know who you are that's a hell of a one right there because you know they're in the house and you know exactly who they are and how, how do you raise them kids and what's their mindset how can they grow up healthy right honestly i people are, yeah I think certain people should, man or woman, should be assigned an Ike Turner. I think when you are stupid and when you are that fucked up in life, you should automatically be assigned a Mike Tyson or an Ike Turner. I, 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 you know, this doesn't solve any problems. I'm going to say that anymore. There's certain instances where you watch things happen and you see things happen where you're embarrassed to be a human because you know... Right. Distantly, distantly, you're related to them in some way, in some right. capacity in the universe, that they have some connection to you. Right. And there's a lot of people in this universe that I don't want to have any connection to. Right. Yeah. That works both ways because, you know. They don't want to have any connection to me either. Mm. Um, Frank Williams. First timer, first email to Jew and the Jerk. Oh, Virgin. And, and it's getting read to all you people who don't think that we read. Exactly, motherfuckers. Uh, what's up, family? First time officially writing into the Jew and the Jerk. I must say this podcast makes my week, and I've been a fan since Def Jam and your cameos on Why Do Fools Fall in Love and the movie called Pandora's Box. I want to know a movie called Pandora's Box, man. Okay, enough of the pillow talk. Uh, you shouldn't open up that... Pandora's box on what movies are in. Exactly. Uh, yo, how dare you, Mr. Spears, say that Cobra Kai was not a good watch? <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> or to that nature. So for all my binge watching, so so far all my binge watching is credited to you guys and how you break down series and movies. Andy, I comment on your posts often, and I heard the last podcast when Aries Trump was trying to break down the difference on how a six-year-old could be taught love and hate at an early age. At first, I was almost getting what you were saying, Andy, but after listening, it's clearly, it's clearly Aries had a stronger point. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's another story. I will continue to write in when I can and give my POV on good shows to try out and a topic to talk about. I'm going to be honest. I didn't proofread. Well, yeah, nigga, we, yeah. <laughs> Uh, because it is very funny to me on how you clown the emailers and say a $10 a lot of money. So you want them women that like to get slapped. All right. Um, rougher, rougher. Psh, psh. Um, uh, ba, 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 ba. Very funny to me. $10 a lot of money. So if I fall into that category, so be it. And the words of Aries slash Arnold Schwarzenegger, yay he, yay he. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife hates when I do that. She, she says I sound retarded singing out Frankie G. And P.S. Unblock me on Instagram. I'm Frank K. 18. I show you nothing but love. Why do you do me like that, B? I'm hurt. Uh, yeah, nigga, I'll just shoot me something to remind me. Um, you must have did something, and I became your wife. 
and hated you for a second. But uh, shoot me something and I'll unblock you. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You're one of the women that like to get slapped around. Huh? You want me to backhand you? Yeah, you like that? Ball my fist up and hit you in your tummy and make you spit out your collard greens all over my beautiful shirt. Yay, yay, Dude, what I love about that so much yes. is that I never thought about... I, I, I've, I've said things that I've heard before and repeated mm-hmm. them and you know, pissed off Tara. Like, not pissed her off, but she's like, what, what? that's so dumb. Why do you do that? Right. I never thought that we could enter a home and do that to someone else. <laughs> It makes me so happy. Right. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy with that. Um, this is from Artez, Artrez Kirby. I'm black and I stand with Andy. Yo, what's good, Aries and Andy? Long time listener and big fan of both of you. All right, let's get to the nitty gritty. Episode 241. Boy, I thought you were about to give 5150 show Spears and Steinberg edition. <laughs> Aries, I understand your passion regarding the topic, but the anger you showed, toward, you showed towards Andy was unwarranted. Andy agreed with you, agreed with you, wait, agreed with you, with the reality, reality that yes, racist whites and racist cops are killing black people, but oh, god damn! Uh, uh, racist whites and racist cops are killing black people. But only thing Andy was trying to get through your thick New York Yankee brim was, <laughs> boy, you motherfuckers, all right now. Was that <laughs> some shit my father would say when we was about to get our ass whooped? Boy, you kid, yeah, right now. Um, but only thing Andy was brim was that that the letter the school sent out was problematic. That letter offered no programs. The school is going to put into place to get these six-year-olds to better understand race relations or put put forth the idea of embracing equality no matter skin color. That school letter was basic fear-mongering, even with it being the truth by saying schools filled with all racist killer cops. If I had a black child that I'm pulling them out of that school, the school just admitted to hiring a killer racist cop, that school... that school unwillingly is contrib- contributing, contributing, Jesus Christ, to more trauma to the black community, starting with impressionable six-year-olds, than racist white hordes and black bodies dropping like flies. Okay, Aries, look at Andy. Andy, look at Aries. One of you is black. The other lives through life as a white man. You're both friends, and now imagine your friends in school at the age of six, and you both read that part of the letter. You don't think that will lead to unnecessary division and tension amongst these six-year-old white and black children? Black kids fear that their white friends one day are just turn and start beating their asses. The white kids with black friends who think that their school buddy is going to be killed by the school hired racist cop. This letter leans on the extremes that innocent kid minds won't fully comprehend. Nigga, you need to go back to school. Uh, and learn uh, punctuations and <laughs> the full spellings of words. Um, all it does is look to scare these kids into not even going to school. Aries, you're right. These discussions we need to have with our young black kings and queens, but this school fucked this up all the way. 
you even said during that episode, racism is taught. Then you said the white kids need to also be taught about our deep black history in this country. That letter didn't have any lessons in it, only loaded words to invoke feelings of anger, fear, and sadness. This school needs to teach these kids how they can become the generation to lead the movement that we are all indeed created equal. That's a good start, in my opinion. For six years old, not that you'll be gunned down by the school security officer. Look, you guys more upset. Love, love you guys. More upset with the actual letter than you, Aries, because you made valid points but missed what Andy was trying to discuss with you in that heated exchange between you both. Keep up the good work. Trez Kirby. Uh, Trez, I don't agree with you. See, I agree with him, but I also put it in context is that you don't always have control over what happens to a youthful black, uh, I want to say a child because it's six. Beautiful black baby. Okay. <laughs> but you don't have control of, of, of every moment of your day with your child. So I understand where the passion of why it's necessary. I, again, though, and I agree with him, though, the letter didn't do anything, didn't come with a lesson. But I also see your point in a different way now, too. I also see your point, but I, I want to educate children because I believe we educate them equally together that they're, they, they grow. They make changes. Yeah, and my only thing, again, is when you talk about the fear of both children, okay, I would rather be scared and know I'm not going to die than be scared and I could die. So, yeah, do you want me to break out the violin and feel this, a huge amount of sadness for the scared white kid who's going to live? Or should I be more concerned about the scared black kid that can die? But I think his point is that letter doesn't enhance anybody's life in a way that makes it better. The it, letter doesn't. It may not enhance, but if it makes aware, but I'm has, all for about I'm all for about being aware. But without teaching, without further education, that's what uh, that was my point, and that's what he's seen. And that letter doesn't do anything. If if that was the start of the conversation. It, mm-hmm. uh, and it, there was a curriculum or there was part of a curriculum to make children understand and explain it to them in ways. That would be one thing, but it's just a le- what what does it, 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 it? It's a letter, but there is no lesson behind the letter. There's nothing to help the black children or the white children. And if you if you said, well, the white children don't aren't in danger, but there's no lesson. It, it, it continues to create the same pattern. We need, we need a change in, in, in how uh, we interact and look at each other from the, from the beginning to the end. I, I, I just don't see, and, and to your point too, and this is where I, I really have thought about this a lot more. When you see young kids, and uh, there's a, there was a movie called Jojo Rabbit, and it's, uh, it's, it's about uh, it's, it's Scarlett Johansson, and there's a little kid who's, who thinks he's a Nazi soldier. Uh, and he has uh, Hitler in his mind comes to visit him, um, and it takes place during World War II. And he's a little kid, but that's a little kid that wasn't given any direction, and, and his mom and, and, and his dad are actually working against Nazi Germany. So um, it's a really interesting movie. Uh, it's, it's also really sad. Um, but that kid, that, the point of that movie is that kid didn't understand what was happening really through his whole existence he needs more education more explanation and i i think that that's all i was trying to say and i don't think the letter gives anything to anybody except either it, all all it said and what his point is in in his email is it just creates fear 
fear only doesn't help you. How, do, how does that help? How does that help either kid? Because fear keeps you sharp. It keeps you alert. It may it keeps you on your toes. Uh, not saying that you should give in to fear, but at least if you have something to be fearful of, you prepared for what could be. But when you're six, and you might know how to navigate around it or have some survival tactics to get through it. Exactly. But where the survival tactics come from? They come from the education, and you didn't get anything from the letter. You got the fear. But, but you, you didn't get the education. education. So how do you have survival tactics? What well, do you I, know now? Well, I, but again, if we're being honest about the, the teachings and the history, that's some scary shit. Yes. So if we're going to be scared, let's go ahead and be scared, but let's get it done. But we can... But I'm scared of needles, nigga, but I'm going to take that vaccine. <laughs> because you have the education with it, though. If they just gave you needles and they said, we're going we're gonna to stick 32 needles in your arm, one of these is going to work for you. That doesn't help you make a rational decision. <laughs> you, need, you need more that comes with it. And when you're six, the world is huge. When you talk about, we talked about our dads in one of the episodes recently. We talk about our dads. They're huge. They're giant. We look, they can say anything to us because we're scared of them because of the size they seem to be. Mm-hmm. Because we're small at that age. So we need to talk to them in a way that, that, that when you're small and the world seems so big that they can, they can actually understand grasp and work with what you're saying instead of just being afraid and hiding we need we need to give them the tools we need to make i just think we need to be better people but again that's the cap part of me as you call it but there is a way there is a process there is some understanding that could be done at at six that's what i was agreeing with you on i just didn't think that that letter for me if you said that to a a 10 year old and you didn't give him any tools but what he's learned from six to that age i think that he would see it and understand it I would hope that we, that they, people, you know what I, I like about this letter is it, it's caused a conversation and we realize um, more conversation, more, not, and, and I don't want to use the word conversation, more education, not conversation, more education is needed. If Danny DeVito is your daddy, are you scared? Yeah, even a little kid, because he's still bigger than me at six. I remember I used to think my, my, my uncle had such huge... Uh, forearms. I was like, right. these arms are huge. Look at him. He's like, and then I saw my uncle when I was older, and I was like, these fucking wimpy little arms right there. Right. It, it was just, it's, it's to a kid, it just, it seems huge. Right. So, you know, a roller coaster. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying things as a little kid. I'm not trying to say things. Adults listening to me are going, dude, that's this way. You got to see it from that little kid's point of view. Everything is so much bigger. Speaking real quick, speaking of the vaccines, uh, I saw somebody posted something on Instagram. It's so fucking ridiculous. And, and, you know, sometimes I think that these aren't the celebrities themselves quoting this. People just connect these words to certain celebrities. Or maybe may, maybe it was, a, it was their quote. But somebody used KRS-One's picture and said, and it was KRS-One's face with his finger pointing towards his brain, like, think about this, because this is some deep shit. And the quote was, the same people that lynched us and brutalized our ancestors are the ones trying to save us with the vaccine. Knock it off. Black people, let, let turn the volume down. You know, it's enough black people have been vaccine now that we can dispel the boogeyman theory. Bill Russell's gotten the vaccine. Spike Lee got the vaccine. D.L. Hewley recently posted where him and his whole family got it. 
Enough niggas have gotten the vaccine now. And again, I'm not dismissing the history. I know the history. I know how slick these motherfucking hunkies could be. But every white person ain't the boogeyman. If, you know, this, this is not a conspiracy. Knock it off. Knock it the fuck off. To somehow connect those two. Give me a fucking break. A hundred million people have been vaccinated now. How many of that percentage do you think is niggas? Knock it off. Ugh. But you, you, again. I get it. It's the, it's the history. I know. But at some point, come on. So Let's wh- stop trying to connect everything. So, but so then what do people need that are scared? Go to the hospital and see the motherfuckers just dying of COVID. They need think a, that could be you. Well, they need education. They need to be educated on it. Well, first you have to be educated enough to receive education. <laughs> and that's what I mean about the six-year-old. <laughs> Slavery Sesame Street. That's the way to go. Dude, and, and they have it. We saw that. Do we, we even bring that somebody, up? Somebody sent that us, us a post where Sesame Street has two new black characters to teach kids about racism. But we said this before that. Told you, ma'am. Genius, nigga. Ahead of the time, baby. I'll be on it, nigga. All right. Uh, Miles Wardlaw, Snowfall. Uh, wanted you to read on the podcast my thoughts so far on Snowfall. I like this email because he's the uh, anti-Snowfall. Oh, good. We need one. Watching Snowfall. By the time I'm on season one, episode seven, uh, Franklin would have been killed three times and robbed at gunpoint at least twice. I like the show, but it's really unrealistic for these reasons. Season one, Franklin tells everyone his real government name so the whole neighborhood knows he's selling drugs. That would never happen. He would at very least use a nickname with something to cover his tracks. And I can only say from any, every nigga I've ever known coming up in school to deal anything illegal, never use their real name. So he might be right. Season two, no DEA agent would use his whole family and put them in danger to try and catch drug dealers. Very unrealistic. Also, the strong arm tactics the FBI government white dude use would never work. Do you actually think he would be telling dangerous drug dealers what they can and can't do? He would have been killed a long time ago for trying to tell them how to run their business. Season three. I'm in the middle of season three. Overall, the show has a good storyline, but it's very unrealistic, to be honest. A lot of stuff that happens in the show would never happen or work in real life situations. I know it's entertainment, but it gets very unrealistic at times. I wanted to know if any of the listeners that are watching Snowfall feel the same way as I do. I like show and will keep watching. I just wish they would have fixed some parts of the story like it would have made it a 10 for 10. For me right now in the middle of season three, I have it at an 8 for 10. $10 a lot of money. Peace. You comment? Yeah. Did you want to go first? Well, yeah, because the one that he missed that I that gave me the most problems with Snowfall mm-hmm. that he missed in there, and I and I, I'm agreeing there. There's some there are a few leaps of faith in there. Uh, the one was when he finds out about crack and he goes over. He goes to buy all the guys crack, and and these guys that are doing crack are going to go to the crack dealer's house and they're going to show them how to cook the crack. Right. That one. It was there a lot of cracks in that one? Right. Uh, that one, that one was the one that really because that's the one where he, I think he would have been dead. But uh, to the other ones, uh, 
the DEA agent, yeah, uh, you don't get your whole family involved. It's separate. It's, it's, but I think they are trying to humanize the DEA agent for the show. Um, and if you have an informant in the FBI uh, that's keeping you safe, you will listen to an FBI uh, agent if they're keeping you safe. Uh, you might not always do what they say or want to do, but you would listen because it's in the long run keeping your business safe from other entities. Because especially at the time in the 80s, government agencies didn't work together. So like, there, there were task force sometimes where a couple agencies would come together, but the DEA didn't work with the FBI. The FBI didn't work. So they all worked against each other. So if you had someone that was protecting you, uh, you needed that protection as much as you, of it you could get. Um, so all that's fine. The where I, why I don't think it's such a leap of faith on a lot of these where I, I do see these little inconsistencies that he's talking about, but they got me. Um, you haven't watched any of it, right? You're talking about the, the new, the new yeah, ones? Yeah. No. Okay, uh, I don't want to spoil it for you, but there, there's a scene where uh, in the new, the new season, I won't spoil it for you, there's a scene uh, where someone gets out of jail. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Someone gets out of jail because uh, they had bail. They, they were bailed out, and uh, they're, they're kidnapped, basically. And I was like, that could never happen because the second he would bail them out, he'd be there, they would be there to pick him up and, and, and get him. And then there was a twit, and I was like, so this is all bullshit, and I was watching, and I was like, this is kind of bullshit. I don't, and now I'm getting kind of mad because they're, they're cheapening up the writing here on this, on this new third season, or whatever season we have, third season. And, uh, fourth season. Fourth, fourth season, yeah, on the fourth season. And uh, I was like, they're cheapening it up. I'm getting mad. And then they put the twist on there, and they got me because I was looking for the flaw. And then they got me because then they they twisted back on me. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Now now they got me. They got me. So like, again, the situation, the scenario that went down probably still wouldn't been able to go down. But they kind of knew that. So they kind of made it obvious that there was a problem. And then when I went and I was pissed about it, then they flipped it back. And I was like, okay, so they got me. So I I think they're aware of some of these little inconsistencies. And I think that's how they're. This one they really it really showed me up because I was like this dumb writing, lazy writing, and then they fuck me and they get me back. Um, listen, man, I don't know enough about the drug world or the DEA world to be able to find holes. Um, if it sounds like cop jargon and it feels like drug jargon uh, and sounds like drug jargon, I'm along for the ride. Um, yeah, I'm along for the ride, man. I'm, I mean, there there might be a couple things that I can point out from time to time, maybe more from a life perspective, and go that don't feel real or right. But as far as what the show is, um, I'm getting back on the Ferris wheel, nigga. Yeah. The, these storylines, there's, I I understand where he says there's some inconsistency, but these are based on real things that have happened or. Stories that have happened for have real, been, yeah, yeah, Not, and, and, yeah, but yeah, but but again, for 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 entertainment purposes, yeah. there's always going to be, be that, some yeah, exaggeration, that, yeah. because like I've always said, if being a cop or a lawyer in real life was what it was on TV and in the movies, nigga, I'd be a cop or a lawyer. I'd be Lenny Briscoe every day, <laughs> because the shit they show cops do on TV and in movies. Fast car chases and you know some of the action and the violence. Yeah, 
but that's not real. And it's the it's the cliche. You see it in every cop movie and show. No police precinct is that busy. You could hear a mouse piss on cotton in a police precinct. There's a couple of cops roaming around. You know, it's quiet. But on TV and movies, papers are moving. Motherfuckers is hustling, bustling. A thousand bodies on the scene. Phones are constantly ringing. Suspects are going in and out. It's a, it's a busy place. And it, it, cop precincts are never that busy. What's funny you, you're saying that is that that's how we put it on TV today. Right. And But it's truly more like Barney Miller. Yes. It is truly more like Right, right. And in, and in, you know, you've seen all the lawyer films. It's, a, it's such a grandioso performance. You know, I object, Your Honor. Your Honor, sit there, affirm, whatever, whatever they say. It's never like that. They wouldn't even, the judge wouldn't allow any of that shit to go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but, uh, but I understand his point. And yeah, there are, there are some inconsistencies that wouldn't happen, but it's still closer than a lot of things that I've ever seen on TV. Right. From Duke 23. Um, what's up? Uh, Duke Dre 23. What's up, Aries and Andy? It's your boy Dre. I'm here at work sitting on break, getting caught up on the podcast. I'm on episode 240, and you're reading the emails, and this Lee Rainey nigga's emails about 11 minutes in. God damn. You remember this guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I laughed out loud so hard, I had to leave the break room and go outside because I could not stop laughing. Listen, man, that email needs to go into the Spearsburg Hall of Fame, nigga. And listen, no disrespect to my man, because that shit was funny as hell, but damn, Asian voice. Ah, proof or read your shit. Partner. All right, man. Love y'all. By the way, if you haven't checked out Warrior yet on HBO Max, it's pretty damn good. Great fight scenes and the plot holds up too. Checked it out. Stay safe, baby. By the time you read this, I'll have my first vaccine shot. Hope everyone gets there too. MJ's the greatest. Your boy, Dre. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, Dre, I, I recently went back and listened to that episode and... uh to me, what makes it is, is again, Andy's laugh. Because, again, prior to that email, the, the biggest, greatest laugh Andy had was the Rocky episode uh, when we were talking about Creed. And I go, he goes, that's three. The father and the son beat up the mother. Uh, <laughs> it gets to a point where Andy goes beyond a laugh and a chuckle, and it turns into a cackle. And... Um, that email from Lee Rainey, the way he was dogging Andy out, and I, when I had said, uh, "All right, dude, I'm gonna stop you right there," and the cackle that Andy goes into is the award of cackles, nigga, and it makes me laugh. So, yeah, man, I, I, I feel your sentiment on that, brother. I wish you wouldn't have uh, deleted that email because I would have liked to have had that and kept it. I think that is like one right, of the, right, right. This right. one of the best ever. Yeah, it was. Oh, that was horrendous. Um, Next one is uh, Deidre Ann Johnson. Uh, guys, your chemistry is becoming more and more bananas to the point where you are cracking each other up. I think episodes 238 and 238, 239, not sure. There is a solid structure to the pod, and it just flows. Takashi 69, a shit show for sure, but I will check out the documentary. That song by Suicide, I may be wrong, but I think y'all played it once before. Not sure, sweetie. Um, but there's one 
dude on here. Oh, I think the last one we played, the very last one. Uh, you know, I don't really listen to the music until I hear the, the, the podcast when Steve has edited it together. You could tell this nigga was influenced by Tupac so heavy. I mean, he had all the, and the really, and the healing with the thugs. I mean, he had certain words with the, and the thugs. You could tell this mother, and it was a slamming track. It was fire. But you could tell Pac was this all over this nigga as an influence. What was the one that she said we might have played? Shoeicide. Yeah, but that's because there's a left shoeicide and there's a right shoeicide. Really? Shoe. This nigga really had me thinking. <laughs> this really nigga had me walk down that alley to get socked and robbed. <laughs> Suicide. Suicide. All right. Um, Jamal Wedderburn, Andy's idiot friend. Uh, I just listened to episode 241. It was amazing. That being said, I side with Andy on 90% of the argument. I do feel you need to take your time having a discussion on race with children. A letter from the school is insufficient and lacking in depth, in the depth necessary to help a child truly understand racial justice. In my opinion, there are levels of insensitivity. You should give in, you should give in proportion to the child's age when speaking on race. I also agree that teaching is better than telling. There's a huge difference. Understanding the why will help a child carry the information uh, through his or her life and enable them to apply it more effectively when needed. Aries, you seem to get very emotional when the topic of race is brought up. It's gotta be a white guy to say some shit like that. There were several times when Andy's points were made invalid because he didn't have data or examples to back it up. I think you both had opinions that weren't validated with data. Black people are definitely mistreated and victimized in this country. However, the limited number of videos online or in pop culture showing Latino and Asian discrimination and or violence is by no means proof that those minority groups experience fewer injustices. Nigga, is you serious? What fucking data do you have? What papers are you looking at? There is no denial that Asian hate happens. People of all minority hate happens. Asians, Hispanics, but fucking kiss all of my dick if you don't think black people lead the pact, the historical pact. Nigga, we are the Babe Ruth of victims, of victimized people. Victimized over victim. Vi- will be, be- yeah, I know it's the same, but today, I, you know, when you're being victimized, it's better. I, it, 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 there's no better. Rephrase what I'm trying to say. I just don't want to see black people get victimized. I don't want to see black. I don't want to make black people to be the victim. Well, victim is a mentality. Yeah, that's what I'm trying. Yeah, mean, thank you, thank you. That's yeah. That's what I was trying to say. But Jesus, nigga. Oh, you know what? And you might not even be white. But I know you ain't black. You're something. But what you're doing right now is trying to play that kumbaya card of we are all. No, we are not. And I'm not, again, I'm not validating one wrong superseding another. 
But goddamn it, if we want to talk about data, I'm quite sure on that data. But Nick and I got my. I, I, you, you, but you do understand sweat. the point that, he, that he's saying that there's a lot of injustices going on. Yeah. Okay. Um, I find it short-sighted and irresponsible to apply that black people get victimized the most. Do you really? Based on what? Your opinion? I'm coming with facts, nigga. Historical data in terms of what has happened to us in this country? America has kept its dick in our ass. Fuck is you talking about? You know, I thought at first, I remember, I fucking remember, there was an email I read that had me fuming, and I was trying to find it, and I couldn't find This is it. I thought it was the one I just read by Artez, because of the whole trying to get through Aries, New York, thick-brimmed hat. But then I went, nah. I read the email, and I went, this didn't do for me what that email I'm looking for did. This is it. All right, let's go, nigga. Um, I know I, I already know you're going to deny ever having implied this, but I listened to the podcast twice, and there was a strong implication on your part that black people have it the worst. Tell that to the seven Asian women who were murdered in Atlanta. Nigga word. How about the nine niggas in church? By Dylan Roof. How about the Tulsa and the Rosewood murders? How about all the constant pictures of niggas hanging from trees? How about the one photograph of the black woman hanging from the bridge who was pregnant and they cut the baby out and stomped on the baby, the embryo or whatever it was, and it squealed? How about the 400 years of rape, lynchings, selling off of our families, denying of culture and self? How about Ahmaud Arbery? How about George Floyd, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland? The black chick shot in her house while she was asleep. Nigga, are you serious? You're going to compare some fucking, and no disrespect to the Asian community, but you're going to put their stats against our stats? Are you fucking serious? Them stats are as short as rice. Here's Breonna Taylor that got shot. Yeah, Breonna Taylor. Get the fuck out of here. Let me finish reading. Yeah, this is it. Tell that to the seven Asian women who were murdered in Atlanta. African Americans lead the charge in being the most outspoken in regards to their social injustice. But that's very different from having the most injustice. Let that sink in. So in other words, we the loudest motherfuckers. But we're not the ones who have the reason to be the loudest motherfuckers. Oh, you fuck you. Also, I think it's important to believe Andy when he speaks his mind about the opinion of a white child who reads that school letter. You seem to not believe that a white child could be scared for his or her black friend. That's very dismissive and insensitive to Andy's opinion, to which I just said, I'm not downplaying the white child's fear. It could be genuine. But who should fear most? The child that's scared that don't have to worry or the child that's scared that might actually get killed? You stupid fuck. Andy is speaking his truth 
and he should be taken at his word. Otherwise, what's the point of having a conversation? To figure it out, nickel. Next time you're in Palm Beach, I'll buy $10 worth of much. Keep, no, keep bringing great content. No, Jamal. Oh, Jamal. Yes, I'm black. Palm Beach, Florida. Nigga, you wear moccasins with no socks and choker necklaces. And you wear khakis with your polo shirt tucked in. There's no way you a real nigga saying that. There's no way. No fucking way. I just want to get this one thing, though, though, that you said. And I'm not, I'm not, there's, I'm not on agreement on a lot of what was said there. Because I, I, I understand your points, both your points. But one thing that you missed that you said when we were having that argument, you said even, I, when I, I don't know what was dropping, you said even one is too many. You said even one is too many. Do you remember saying mm-hmm. that? So, so if even one black person dies to races, a racist cop, a racist, uh, whatever you want to make. I, I hate to put it all on cops because cops, uh, it, it, this isn't just a cop issue. But if even one black person dies at the hands of, of a racist, it's, it's too many. So even one Asian, one Mexican. Yeah, it's, 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 it's sad too, for, it's all, too, for everybody. It's too many. So I, what, I, I think what, we, what he's trying to get at is we, we're minimizing uh, by, by making one greater than the other, even though the injustice, and I understand your point, the injustice has always fallen heavier on the black community than any other community. Right, but when he, but, but when he said that, like, what about the seven Asians? Yeah, yeah, that's fucking tragic, unfortunate, and should not be. But don't bring that up to me like that. Like that's somehow supposed to what? Negate me, ne- negate the fact that, again, we are being slaughtered and have been slaughtered since the beginning of time. And guess what? We still might see George Floyd's killer get off, which is more slaps in the fucking face. Your, your natural instinct is to care for your own first before you care about anybody else. Self-preservation. And again, I'm not in any way love to the Asian community. I'm not trying to, you know what I mean? It's tragic and fucked up. But we've been going through it. And we're still going through it. And if this nigga gets off, more to my fucking point. And you want me to do what? Divert my attention to what? But I don't think it's about divert... I don't think it's necessarily diverting your attention. I mean, um... Well, a couple years ago when, um, and uh, again, I'm just going back to what you said. One is too many, and we're watching a situation unfold in this country where no one that isn't, no one's safe. And, and, unless we get this, it's, I, I don't want to call it a disease because it's too simple. Unless we get this, whatever this is that's within our, our structure in humanity is to look at people as something less than. Until we get rid of that, we, we, we're, none of us are safe. And although other communities, it hits harder on those communities, to his point, I just think that none of us are safe until we figure this out. We, we have to change. Who didn't say that? Say that. Say what you said. But miss me with that bullshit. 
And I was especially bothered by, oh, we are the loudest. We lead the charge in screaming about injustice. But somehow we don't back that up. Get the fuck out of here. Our leaders have been assassinated. Martin, Malcolm, Medgar. What the fuck are you talking about? What Asian American, Hispanic American leaders here have been taken out? They have been, though. Who? Well, well the, gay, the gay leader was uh, Harvey Milk was killed. I'm not just saying, I'm not saying it is in the same capacity. What I'm saying is hatred has a way of taking out uh, people who are, who want to make change. And as long as, as long as this hatred of, of ourselves, as of our humanity continues, we will continue to go down this road, whether it be black, whether it be Asian, whether it be gay, whether it would be any of the, anybody that's different, seen different and this there, there, there's something here that it invokes the passion that you have, and I understand that. I, I think he's trying to look at it in a global way. That this is this 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 dude. That that is a sickness. That, that all. Let's hold hands and make marshmallows and sing around the fireplace. Equality anthem. It's again. It's always beautiful in principle, but it's naive. And it's false. But we, we talked about in voting, like you have to stick together. Minorities should stick together. This is the same kind of idea that as one, if we were together, we would stop this from happening. I know, but, but we also know that those other minority groups, as, as we've said, don't back us the way they expect us to back them. It's, that's what I'm saying. You know, again, noble thought. But this togetherness, whether it's white, black for everybody, or whether it's minority, minority... It's just horseshit. It's horseshit. And I will say this. If we all going to sit around a campfire and uh, roast marshmallows and hold hands, black people, we need to do a better job of doing that within us. And we don't even do that. All right, we got to gotta wrap this episode up. Yeah. Uh, D-Raps. Uh, I'm D-Raps and I'm the king of hip-hop Not to sound dramatic <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, are we going to be able to leave this with a laugh? Right And there uh, we go But that's hip-hop, nigga That is hip-hop To, to claim you are the king um, Listen to Heavy It is the head featuring Phantom by D-Raps on SoundCloud um, Faceback Faceback Facebook is D-R-A-P-S-I-A-M-H-I-P-H-O-P at Facebook. Uh, Instagram is D underscore R-A-P-S underscore I-M-H-I-P-H-O-P 402 at Instagram. His Twitter is D underscore R-A-P-S 402 at Twitter. The song is called Heavy is the Head. Whew, that's what I tell women about my Johnson, nigga. Heavy is the head. Enjoy. Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here?
all the hell I've been through. Seems to me that I am worthy of this crown of missile. I'm shooting at you other rappers like an ammo cheat code. Like a million missiles with a grenade, here you go. Anybody can get it, my eyes are set on the throne. Don't have a need for a sniper, a punk ass, a blimmin' no. I've been right here so you bitches can witness and see me grow. Born and raised in the Bronx, but Omaha is my home. Man, I'm destined for greatness, I got that shit in my bones. This is something created, not duplicated, a clone. I'm that nigga, I said it, my aura take bitches home. Style is super fly, but miss me with the hair and the comb. Fuck it, nigga, I'm moan, you're listening to the king. Battling for the throne while kicking asses and teeth. You bitches thought I was down, you bitches thought I was weak. See, all my life I had bitches like you who thought shit was sweet. Until I'm breaking your nose, breaking your jaw, plus your knee. Boy, I'll be adding that pressure, make diamonds at your defeat. The art of rapper professor, cause lyrically I could teach all you sucker rappers some seats and not ever fuck with the D. Can you feel it, baby?